Well, 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 another episode has gone by. Andrew, we're on episode 21, if you can believe that. Good day, sir. It's almost that, like it seemed like yesterday. Right. I mean, and this has been so fun. And you know, it's, you know, we're, we we get ourselves a little behind on the editing and all that stuff, but it's been so fun doing this. Much more fun than the video podcasts, maybe because there's a little more work putting those together. Yeah. My understanding is, is that with podcasts, most people don't make it past seven episodes. Yeah, and look at us, 21. So not only are we three times better than everybody else. That's right. But it's like we've got a gold medal. Uh yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, <laughs> during during the Olympics, how how correct is that? Have you been watching any of the Olympics? My wife and I, we are we are hardcore Olympian fangirls. I understand one of our Canadians in the hundred meter won a bronze today. Yeah, I, I was a huge fan as a kid of the Olympics and especially the 100 meters. I remember Ben Johnson, uh, the Ben Johnson, Carl Lewis rivalry. Oh, yeah. And poor Ben Johnson was the one that got uh, scapegoated during the whole scandal, the, uh, the steroid scandal. But yeah, congratulations to Andre. Our, 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 his last name has popped out of my head at the moment. Yeah, I don't know it either. But uh, Andre uh, won, the, won, won the bronze medal. But I want to give a big shout out to Penny Oleksiak, our Canadian swimmer, who is now the most winningest Olympian in Canadian history with seven medals. Isn't and, that crazy? And she's 21 years old. Man. So. To she's accomplish and, all that at 21. Yeah, yeah. And she's, I mean, being that young, she's definitely going to be at the next Olympics for Canada. So, I mean, she's just going to pile them up. I am still waiting for my first Olympic medal. So, well, you know, I, she got there a little quicker than I did. You know what? But it's common. In celebration of Penny Alexiak being 21, we're at episode 21. Oh, very Andrew, nice. Andrew, very I nice. Would like, I would like to present you with this gold medal and i would sing the national anthem for you but uh i don't think anybody wants to hear that no no insert national anthem here So speaking of podiums even though we didn't say anything about it what is on the slate for today's show beautiful well I have forced your hand into taking us on a tour of Meathead Collectible. We're going to talk about the store, some special finds, some of the current offerings, and we're going to jump in with some hot stand-up comics tonight. Comics as in stand-up comedians. Stand-up comedians, yes. We, we so we're wanna, going to we... cover off two different sort of comics tonight. I like it. I love comics. One you can read and one you can just listen to. Yeah, so it's like the best of both worlds at the same time. So, okay, let's do it. Are you ready? Excellent. So let's all jump right. into the store. I can't wait for this. I've right. been waiting all week to oh. see what are the hot items in the store. I, You know, it's it's been a while since I've been able to actually get in, and your inventory is always turning over, so it's always hard to say what you're going to have at any given time, but I can't wait to see what's hot and... What's not? One of, one of the fun things about doing this, so I, a little bit of history here is that I've been collecting toys and collectibles and comic books and cards my whole life, like most of us, uh, like yourself as well. But uh, I've, I collected way too much of it. Yeah, you took it to a whole new level, my friend. Whole, a whole nother level, right? <laughs> a whole nother level. And now I've decided that I need to pay for all this stuff. So I have to sell some of it and to pay for the good stuff that I want to keep. So uh, everything is good <laughs> in the store. Let me let me re, re preface that. Everything in the store is good the but prize collectibles prize is what collectibles you mean that, that you like I to want. hold on to yes because uh, I, I have very very select collections so anyway exactly. so you can find my store and here's some self-promotion this is my freaking podcast so i will promote myself meatheadsonline.com m-e-a-t-h-e-a-d-s-o-n-l-i-n-e.com and if you check out my site, I don't have any inventory up there yet, but within the next week, probably before this podcast airs, I will have a shop running on there and start putting all my inventory up so people can actually start finding stuff. I like to do my, my store is mostly about going to shows, doing shows, and as well as people coming in on the weekends and checking stuff out. Yeah, we've been a little light <laughs> for the <laughs> last year and a half with the 
the shows? It's been rough, but I've been able to actually, uh, it's, it's been good for my inventory in a way that I've been able to collect a lot more stuff that I can bring in here. Uh, my, my comic inventory has been very flexible because I just like, I buy, I sell, I buy, I sell, and they move so quickly. The comic market is pretty crazy. So I've got comic books. I've got action figures. I got pop vinyls. I got hockey cards, baseball cards, football cards, uh, magic cards. I used to have a whole ton of Pokemon cards, but they're all gone at the moment. And I'm hoping that you're going to walk us through some of the, the special finds that you have from each of those. So I've got uh, some pretty cool, actually, I, I, I have a find that I just found today. It's not in my inventory yet, not in my store yet, but I was connected with a person who just inherited 4,000 comic books. And at first I'm thinking, ah, oh, 4,000 comic books are probably all junk. Well, I went and took a quick peripheral look at them today and there's some serious cool comics there. And uh, I'll talk about that in, in, in awesome. a moment. But yeah, and, he, and then he also has like thousands of Hot Wheels. So I've got Hot Wheels in my collection i've got treasure hunts some of the cool things that i have i have these really cool old opg poster cards that were would come in packs and they were folded into four so they're they're all wrinkled which is unfortunate but they're really cool they have some of the old montreal canadians players on them like dickie moore and yvonne cornoyer that's pretty so those, cool. Yeah. A lot of times with the older posters, you you find them that they are are folded up and yeah. they often came that way. Well, the, yeah, exactly. These ones came in the pack that way. So they're they're the size of four hockey cards when you open them up because they're folded into four, but they're still pretty cool. And I, I don't see them very often like that. And the person that has the, the 4,000 comics also apparently has some camera equipment, some older vintage camera equipment which Ooh. is right up Ooh. your alley andrew i think yeah no exactly <laughs> i love all the old vintage camera equipment mm -hmm. give me a nice film camera and you can really get me to disappear for days mm -hmm. so, so one of the things that, that i found in my or that i've been able to pick up in my store recently has been anime figures so i've got myself a personal collection a friend of mine who I actually, I should say she was an acquaintance through marketplace where I found uh, she, she sold me a couple things and then we kind of became friends yeah. and she brought me some really cool anime manga action figures. They're not really action figures, more like statues and they're, they're really cool and detailed. Like and how big are these statues? Well, you can get them there anywhere from like, I've got these ones called the Neonderoids. I don't even know how to say that, but what they are, they're like little ones where you can change your faces and you change your hands. And they're about, they're about four inches tall, about okay. the size of a, a size of a Funko Pop, not quite as big or not quite as exaggerated either. And, but you can also- I haven't even to, come across those before. Well, I've got one in my store if you want to come and check mm. it out at some point. And they're actually really cool because you can change your faces, you can change your hands, you can change your feet. It's, uh, you know, it's it's what a toy is meant to be. However, some of these other figures, they, they range from the size of, you know, like you could look at, like I said, three inches all the way up to a good foot, you know, a good 12 inches, probably 10 to 12 inches tall. You got any of those just close to you? I have quite a few pretty close to me, but I can't oh. reach them at the moment because oh, okay. they're up on a shelf. Okay, describe them to me. Well, the ones that I have in my personal collection are uh, voluptuous, lovely looking ones. Uh, but the ones that I sell in my store, I don't sell those ones in the store. I've got this one from a show called One Piece. You may be familiar with it. Yeah, anime. great anime show. Yeah, and it's a character. She has no hands and she's got wings and it's really cool. Like the wings spread out and they're the great thing is, is that they're kind of like a clear acrylic. So they're painted like the top part of the wings are green, but then the bottom, it's all like clear. So oh, cool just really cool designs and, and effects on these uh, figures. I've got four or five of them that I have for sale and uh, I'm pretty excited. And I've been coming across a lot more people who are into anime and stuff. So I've managed to build up a little bit of an anime collection here for sale. It's becoming very hot in the Canadian marketplace now. Yeah. Well, I think, I think diversity, obviously, in within Canada itself has brought it that way. But uh, I think people are also realizing that a lot of the American style cartoons and stuff were pretty fluffy, where at least with the anime, you know, they're, they're emotional. Like we've talked about anime in the past. And, yep. you know, it's, it's a real art form. And it comes across, and especially with their toys and their collectibles, like these figures, just crazy figures. I've got two more in the mail. Nice. <laughs> More for the store. Yeah, exactly. So one of the things that I, I love doing too is going to shows, trade shows, or I call them trade shows. They're, they're just like vendor shows, I guess, really like a flea market. And they usually happen like once a month or whatever. But obviously during COVID, they haven't happened at all. But I went there, I think I guess it was, well, I've been going to them for, for 
quite a long time with a table. I have a table set up with all my collectibles, mostly comics and stuff. And I have joined you for a couple of those and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. You've been there. You've you've brought along the kids books that you, that you've uh, written and, you know, autograph them. And uh, it was pretty cool. And it's awesome to have you at the table for sure. Anyway, uh, I, come across a person who looked super familiar to me. He was running one of the vendor booths. He was running one of the biggest vendor booths. Like he had, he had a wall behind him of comic books. And then he had like rows and rows of boxes in front of him. And I'm looking at him and looking at him. And then a lady walks by him behind, was behind the table with him. I go, wait a second. Those are the people that used to own Cardin comics or collage comics. I guess it was at the time in our hometown. And I said, those are the people that started me down the path of my comic collection, right? Like that was You can my, blame them. I can blame them for all the money that has, disa- has disappeared from my life. But I was really excited to see them because I hadn't seen them. I didn't know, if, you know, that they were still doing comics because they had closed down their store years ago. Like many back in the 90s, many stores had to shut down or in the early 2000s because the market wasn't there. And I walk up to them and I, I asked them if they'd owned you know, card in comics, sorry, collage comics. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, that was our comic. And I said, wow, like, you know, so, so I talked to them a bit. And then one of the people that was working with them, I recognize as a person I dealt with many times in recent years named his, his uh, oh, I don't want to give away his name or anything online, but anyway, oh, Jim, Jim, Jim. Jim, yeah, Jim I looked at him and found out that he was actually the son of the owners. And I'm like, <laughs> looking at him and going, oh my goodness, you know that your parents are to blame <laughs> and it's and all he, their fault that's right so he, he but i'm actually, standing here today yeah yeah but i'm still and i'm standing here across the table from you today he has actually taken over the business and he is had actually exploded it and even though i don't see a physical store i guess they have a very large online presence and they deal with very expensive books like they're like kind of heritage type wow. dealers right they don't deal with you know the the dollar books like i do they deal with you know we're talking the tens of thousands of dollar books and they do all stuff you know they take care of the pressing and cleaning of the, the comic books that make them so much more valuable yeah. that they can ship them in and get them graded and stuff and that's kind of what his his dad who, who, ran, who ran the shop is doing now. He kind of does the behind the scenes of the cleaning and pressing. And then Jim is the, uh, he's kind of the face of the, the sales side of it. So yeah, it was, it's, that was actually a really cool, interesting, you know, Yeah, it's really cool when you can meet up with somebody that started you down this path some 35 years ago. Yeah. And like, into yeah. what it's turned into today for you. Yeah, I mean, and my brother, my older brother, who's four years older than me, he got he was kind of the first person that was in in my family that was into comics. And my dad would bring his comics when we were kids and stuff like that. But my brother got into the collecting stage of it before I did. As a matter of fact, your brother also got me into it. Well, there you go. And those were the people that sold him his comics. So it's pretty cool. And I, uh, I actually cornered the wife when uh, she had come by my table at, at, a, at one point. I think you might have been there at that particular show. I told her that she, you know, that she was, you know, the influence or like her family was the influence on my comic collecting and stuff like that. And she gave me this big hug and <laughs> said, thank you. And it was just a wonderful moment you know to think that you know these people motivated me to, you know to do meatheads collectibles yeah no that's crazy so they get into some crazy crazy dollar value comics now i know that you have some comics that are graded that you keep around that are a little bit higher dollar figure not your ten thousand dollar sorts of things yeah. do you have any of those in stock right now the i don't typically trade in those because they're very hard market and i'm i'm not a hardcore seller but i do have in my personal collection i have the first appearance of the punisher which is amazing spider-man 129 from 1974 wow. uh, i have it graded at a 6.5 which is just above mid-grade which is still a solid decent grade for an older comic book like that mm-hmm I bought it for $700. I really, I traded for it. I traded a bunch of comics for it for one of my friends. $700 who, worth of comics for. You know, probably a lot more than that, but it was, it was the value was, I mean, when you, when you trade and sell, obviously you give more than, than you, you would if yeah. it was cash. And, but I mean, it was my Holy grail. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that and now so cool. Now it is worth over $2,700 and I had it for a year and a half. So from and I, I paid I paid market value for it. 
So since I bought it, so I guess we're looking at two, probably 2019, I think it was right around Christmas time, 2019, I paid $700 for it. And since then it has jumped $2,000 in value without, without anything significant happening in In the market. Well, for that key, right? So it wasn't like, you know, the Punisher was already an established character. He'd already had his TV show on Netflix. So it wasn't like, you know, it's like, oh, the Punisher's coming out in a new movie. So this yeah. one's got to jump up. It's just the market is that crazy right now. Yeah. So that is cool. That that comic deserves a gold medal. That comic is my gold medal. Yes. <laughs> I don't need a gold medal because I have that comic. <laughs> Completely. No, that, that's cool to have that actually in your personal collection. Yeah. So. So, Adrian, I know, I happen to know for a fact that you have a couple of comic boxes of your own. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just actually, as I look over to the left of me, I've got uh, I've got just four comic boxes that are, are sitting there. I'm, you know, all of my collection is very, for the most part, is very heavily martial arts based. Yes. You know, anything that has any sort of kung fu to it, that sort of thing, I jump all over it. Nice. And that that's a lot of what my collection is made up of for a lot of collectors. That isn't the market. You know, it isn't your typical, your typical Marvel Avenger superheroes that sell well and, and continually sell well, but it's great collection. Yeah. You know what? Here, here's the thing. When people come into my store and stuff, uh, you know, I, I see a lot of resellers who come in and I'm fine with that. I don't care. Like I'm just, I move my product. I get my product. I move it you know, a big deal, but I do get a lot of people that come in and all they're focused on is value. And you can tell, you know, who those people are, right. You know, cause they're trying to, they're trying to talk me down in prices all the time. They're trying to get the best deal and that's fine, whatever. Yeah. But you know that you have to, if you're going to collect, if you're going to be a flipper, let's say, if you're going to be a flipper, you have to understand that you may not get your money back. So it's probably best yeah. It's probably best to get in there as a collector first, because that's kind of the way I look at it is that if I get these collections or I buy stuff or if if I get something new, I got to look at that and say, if I don't sell that, am I going to be happy with that? And that's kind of how my business, how Meathead's Collectibles kind of works is that I buy stuff. Yeah, sure. I want to make money. Obviously, I want my business to thrive. But at the same time, I look at some of the stuff. I'm like, you know what? If it doesn't sell, I'm not going to be upset about it because I like it. It looks cool. Mm -hmm. Whether it's like, you know, really, I got I got binders full of hockey cards and I can say, well, I've got, you know, like close to some sets and I've got some really nice looking cards. I've got some historical pieces. You know, if nobody buys those, I'm okay with that at the end of the day. Yeah. At the end of the day, my kids are going to have to get rid of it also. <laughs> Why do I care? <laughs> oh, I feel so bad for your children. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, I, I think I've lined up a couple of people who will take it off their hands for a decent price. You know, I've kind of already talked to a couple of people just kind of thrown out there said, hey, something ever happens to me. You got to you got to deal with my family. My my family probably won't care about any of this stuff. So they'll just be looking for the dollar yep. that they can get for it, which is fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm OK. So- what? What am I going to do for when you're out on those fines? Do you have any other interesting, funny stories that have taken place? Well, I got one. That's not a funny story. It's actually kind of an irritating story. Oh, well, uh, let's I, hear it. Yeah. So uh, I was lined up to get previously uh, quite a few thousand books. I don't remember what the number was. because I kind of put it out of my mind. Thanks for bringing it up. Even though you didn't, I didn't bring it up. up. I said <laughs> funny or interesting. I didn't say irritating at all. Oh. So I had, I had made a connection with the uh, with the person who was a reseller who who would go around and he would like buy up all kinds of stuff locally and then just resell it in auctions and stuff like that. Yep. And he came across comic books and we just happened to make a connection at some point. And uh, I kind of became his comic book go-to guy for a bit. He said that prior to COVID, one of his friends, the guy that he was getting a bunch of comics for, and I was buying all these comics up off of him. What, this person had said, okay, I've got so many thousands of comics. I want to move them. What's the deal, right? So we said, okay. I'll pay so much per box and then I can sell it to my friend for a little off the top. Right. And, you know, so I get a little bit of profit back from it and we were all set and said, but then the guy said, okay, but I not until this COVID thing is over. We're not, we're not moving it. I said, okay, that's fine. Not a big deal. So I knew that I, in the back of my head, I got this big collection to go pick up. So we went, it was a day that we were supposed to pick up the collection. The COVID had kind of relaxed a little bit and he said, okay, yeah, we're, uh, we can make this deal. So my friend and I, we had uh, made a plan to go meet this guy. He, everything was good. And we we're just about 
to go. And my friend calls me up the morning that we were supposed to go. And he says he wants more money the day of, right? Like, he wants more money. I'm After like, you've already come to an agreement on, yeah. on the price. Yeah. And the thing was, what, what I couldn't take that. I couldn't make that change. Right. Like I, I had set aside a certain amount of the budget, Yeah, but I had already negotiated a deal with the person that I was going to sell them to. So I already had that number. Right. And that number, you know, and I'm, mm -hmm. it's not that. And you're not going to change it on, on I'm, your end. That is not my, that is not the way I work. Right. You know, yeah. I didn't get, I didn't get an award for being, you know, a scumbag. So no, exactly. So it was, it wasn't a lot more money that he wanted, but he upped the ante by about $20 per box. And uh, when we considered how many comics there were and the quality, and, I, and I'd said like the quality of the comics has to come up before I would pay any more anyway, because he, he was giving me a lot of uh, the 90s stuff, but there was, you know, I'd find some treasures in there. Right. But a lot of this was just stuff, dollar stuff for my store. So $1, right. $1, right. And I said, there's no way I'm going to pay more for this stuff. He has to prove to me that it's better. And he was just like, take it or leave it. And I'm like, okay, I'll leave it. Leave it. Yeah, so well, maybe he's so moving tonight somewhere else. we give out one scumbag award. We give out one thumbs down scumbag up your butthole award to uh, that dude, <laughs> Mr. Butthole. Yes. So, and unfortunately, I mean, it was a pretty good source for me to keep inventory in my in my store, uh, as well as to to make some money by moving a, a, like a lot of it in bulk. However, today, you know, this this person that I went and saw today, uh, here's an interesting find was that uh, there was an issue and I don't remember the issue off the top of my head, but oh, issue of Wonder Woman from the 70s, I believe it was, or sorry, not Wonder Woman, Lois Lane. I, I keep saying Wonder Woman, but it's Lois Lane. What Lois Lane and Wonder Woman are just like the same character to me sometimes. <laughs> anyway, the, the, the comic book is called uh, Superman's Girlfriend, Lois Lane. And in this particular issue, a very controversial issue, and you'll see why in a second, Lois Lane decides she wants to be black. So she uses some kind of mystical, magical teleportation system or, or whatever it was, and she becomes black. Interesting. Lois Lane, officially blackface. Uh, and in a how, comic book. <laughs> right how do people deal with that? Well, you know, back then, you know, maybe somebody somewhere thought that was a good idea. Just a cool idea. Kind of, hey, we'll say that she's got this mystical machine that she Lois Lane, only Lois Lane knows how to use. Don't know she how she has black. access to it, but now she's changed skin tone. She'll be black. Yeah. <laughs> and I've actually been kind of searching for this book for a while because I like to collect controversial books. Just, you know, kind of like a, I, I've got a historical a history kind of thing going on in my brain sometimes. So I like to keep this stuff and just say, look, look at like just and, and it's not that I, that I was prom I would promote it. It's that I would say, look how scumbag some people were. Right? Mm -hmm. So we're talking about more scumbags here. Yeah. And again, the culture of the time, excusable, probably not, because I don't think anybody ever thought blackface is a good idea. So when people do that, it's kind of. Yeah, but is she. The way that you describe it, it doesn't it's not black face. She's black. Is that is that the understanding? She changes because she wants to be black. Okay. I, but so uh, she's gone full. She goes full black. It's not it's not makeup on. Now is this no. thing something she can just turn on and off? At? To to be fair, I would assume I would assume that she has to revert back to to her holy whiteness uh at some point because i don't imagine she stays black in the comic books for much longer than that particular issue yeah. uh i probably i probably should look into that and see what exactly the situation was but i think that uh, the, the bigger thing is that nowadays that's pretty uncool yeah completely <laughs> so it's yeah it's but I, I, here's the thing. I, I've been looking for it for a long time, but I know it's a very pricey book. And so when I'd seen this one today, I was like, wow. So in my hands, and, and it was actually in really good condition, it was a $250, $300 book, you know, just because Lois Lane decided that she wanted to be black. Interesting. Yeah. So, it, but it, it really does show you a culture. Like I, I've, I've well, you know what? She does have very light skin. It burns very easily. I, I could... I could see why maybe she'd like to have it. a skin tone change. Look, uh, DC Comics have never been my favorite. I'm not a big fan. I like Batman. I I, I think Superman's kind of cool. I love Harley Quinn and Joker. Yep. But uh, they're they're a weird, strange company. Uh, <laughs> I I know. I mean, they, they, they've done some weird things. And you, you can say what you want about Marvel and, and especially current Marvel. But one Superman comic that I had in my collection was uh, this 
issue where it was more innocent than it looked, but the artist had drawn it so that there was a little boy crying into a pillow and Superman was standing behind him. So picture in your head, a little boy crying into a pillow right. and Superman standing directly behind him. <laughs> so you could imagine, uh, and just the position they, of the photo. Did they even think? Did they even think? And this is the problem with DC comics sometimes, or a lot of these older comics as well. Like there is a comic uh, back from that I had from, uh, I believe it was the sixties and it was uh, like, it was a martial arts comic. I don't remember the name of it, but I just remember that the people on the front, the, uh, the antagonists on the front were very clearly colored yellow and they just happened to be Asian. And it was just like so blatantly yellow. Like it was, I didn't even try to kind of mask the skin tone or try to match, sorry, not now, mask, match how, the skin how tone. How old of a comic would that have been? It was, we're, it's mid sixties. Okay. So there, there is a little bit of the, the culture, you know, before a cult, the culture shift really happened here, but it was still, I, I look back and I just wondered like, what would drive somebody just to paint somebody yellow? But then again, you look at all the old Western comic books or artwork and you know you know see the the natives the indigenous were always painted red or referred to as redskins or savages in comic books and they're always like these sinister characters now do you think that would have and i'm stretching here do you think that would have had anything to do with the color of the colors available to them to use for print i think it was probably was a, it was a good way to identify the characters probably yeah Okay. Like when you think about it, right? Um, because they were limited to the colors that they would be able to print with. You know, obviously they they had their primaries and their secondary printing, right? You, you, you only have three tones in printing, right? You have your cyan, magenta, and yellow. So they probably had to sacrifice color. But at the same time, I mean, there was, is, do Asian people look yellow? Do, <laughs> you know, no. native people look red? <laughs> I mean, yeah, they have tones to their skin. That's for sure. They have yeah. they have tones and hues, but I, I mean, they're not red and yellow. No, no, yeah. completely not. Okay, so that kind of touches on some of the comics. Now, what sort of cards do you have in right now? I have card collectors. I have thousands and thousands of trading cards from hockey cards, baseball, football, all the professional level stuff, upper deck, the name brands like upper deck, Panini, Don Russ, Fleer, all kinds of stuff. Most of it's modern. I don't have any 90s crap. I actually have a little section in my one of my boxes for 90s crap in case somebody's looking specifically you know, to, to fill some holes the in their collection. Stuff, yeah. So that's kind of how I sort my or my inventory with, in regards to cards too. Like I, I buy them and I would always have them available for somebody if they were you know just trying to fill a hole in a collection. Like if they're a set builder or collecting a certain player, I always want to have them available. So I have them in binders so people can flip through and look for who they need. And I sell them for really cheap, like five, 10 cents a card. Yeah. But I, I do have a couple cool cards. Uh, my cards usually don't, the, the really cool ones don't last long because I, I price them and not to toot my own horn here, but I try to price everything reasonably and so that I can move stuff. So I've had some really cool stuff. I had a Vladislav Tretiak autograph card, which I pulled in a, in a box. I bought a box a few years back and I actually sold it to somebody in Russia for a hundred dollars, which, you know, not too bad, right? Like, I mean, yeah. it, co it covered the, the price of the entire box of cards that I bought. And I, I regretted selling it, but when you look at a hundred dollars, you're like for a card, well, I mean, that's, that's like, you know, that's groceries for a couple of days, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? So why not? You know, and you know, I'm sure I could probably find a Vladislav Tretiak card, maybe cheaper some point in my life. If I really, really needed it. <laughs> I'm not sure I needed it. No, uh, understandable. One cool poll. There was a, there was a store locally that, uh, it, he was kind of like a half-hearted seller. He was, he had all his cards in the back of a, a used sporting goods store so like there we have up here in canada for those you no know, like these stores where they sell used hockey equipment because hockey equipment's very expensive yep and so there was a store locally and he had his hockey card store in the back of one of these stores so going in there it felt kind of weird going in to see the stuff because you have to go into somebody else's store to go to someone else's store <laughs> so you know like oh yeah no i'm just going back there don't mind me you know i'm not buying anything from your store but i'm using your space <laughs> anyway well, clearly that other dude he he must have some deal with them that he pays for space to keep the cards back there it, perhaps and they he seemed very nonchalant about me going back there like the the person who ran the card store 
wasn't there and the guy who was running the sporting goods store really didn't give two craps about what i was doing back there so you honestly could have i probably just walked out with all the the cards <laughs> i could have probably walked out with all the cards he just told me i yeah, just going back and so i don't know how many people may have done that to this guy i don't think he's in business any longer because i haven't mm. seen his store i don't know where it would be that's too bad yeah anyway back to the point of my story so i'd gone in and there was a uh, a few loose packs in there like usually us collectors we buy boxes but there was uh, i like to buy packs just in case i might get that one awesome pull and i picked up a pack and i'm looking at it going hmm, should i buy this one should i buy this one and my wife she ended up coming in and i put the pack back and you know thought oh you know what maybe i won't get it and she said hey why don't you grab one of those packs i said well go grab me one or whatever and so she had lifted up the pack that i picked up and she pulled out the one underneath it and we went bought it and we got home and i said here you you do the honors of opening it because part of part of the fun of collecting especially trading cards is that you know you open the pack and it's always Just a surprise waiting to see what's inside yeah it's like christmas morning or sorry. oh for sure yeah it's like it's like gift giving day and <laughs> for the gift and, givers out there and so she opened up this pack and inside the pack there was the regular cards but then there was a card that had a penny sleeve on it so a penny sleeve is a protective sleeve that you put on your cards or you put on valuable cards well they don't normally come in the pack like that this one no. did so my wife says, hey, I think there's something, must be something good in there. I'm said, yeah, I've never seen that before. So she pulls the cards out and she looks at it. She doesn't show it to me. She says, I think you're really going to like this. And I'm like, what? And she's got this big smile on her face, but it was this, you know, knowing smile. It wasn't just this, like she's pulling my leg. It was a knowing yeah. smile. So she flips a card at me and it's a Sidney Crosby autograph with, but it's a buyback card. So it's actually from a, a set two years prior to it. Yeah, that that the company itself had bought back from a collector and then got Sidney Crosby to autograph. That so, is crazy. So it's even cooler than like because a lot of times nowadays modern cards they have the autographs go to the player or the the cards go to the players. The players autograph them, send them back to the company. And usually, sometimes it's on a sticker. They don't even sign the actual card. They never see the card. They just sign a sticker and then the company slaps a sticker on the card. Yeah. Well, this one was right on the card and it was like Sidney Crosby with his, his signature and 87 on it. And I was just like, wow, like this was like probably the greatest pull I'd ever had. And it was it was a three hundred dollar card right out of the pack like that. And I ended up selling it for like two fifty. Somebody talked me down to two fifty. But and I, I sit there and I go, and, but though, how much do you spend on a pack of those cards? Well, that pack was seven ninety nine, I believe. So seven dollars and ninety nine cents, which is that's like a, you know, that's 45 cents pull. American. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i and again it's one of those things like and i i love collecting so much it's sometimes when, even when i when i see these older comics and stuff like that I, I i look at them and i'm like oh i want that comic i don't need it no i just just want it i don't collect that but it's just it's a cool it's a cool old comic right like this this wonder woman or sorry this lois lane i keep calling it this lois lane comic you know it's it's a historical comic, right? Or, you know, I've had, uh, I've had in my hands, I've had the amazing Spider-Man number one in my hands. I've had giant size X-Men number one in my hands. And these are like, these are tens of thousands of dollars worth of comics yep. in my very hands. And I'm like, hmm, you know, <laughs> maybe I can put this in my pocket and keep it. <laughs> <laughs> but then, we, of course, when you start talking about those numbers, uh, you just, you want to move it. Oh, exactly. Like, I mean, unless, unless you are a diehard collector of that particular comic book and it is for your own personal collection then i understand that but otherwise you look at that as a as an opportunity to to resell yeah absolutely and, and i mean i have to i have to focus on my collection right you know yeah separately right like even just recently i pulled down all the rubber wrestlers that i had on my shelf and i've been negotiating selling them uh, i got a friend who's probably going to end up buying most of them if not all of them time to clear them out yeah it's just i had all those rubber wrestlers when i was a kid and then i started buying them my, my friend convinced me to start buying them again so i started buying them and then i'm like why do i have them yep and where am i going to put my anime girls no oh, exactly so let's time to move the... the wrestlers out move the animes <laughs> in yeah, that's right <laughs> so i guess it's time to move off of comics and move into comics Yes. Let me chat a little bit about the stand-up comic world. I love stand-up comedy. I am a huge fan of stand-up comedy. What about you? Uh, Yeah, completely. So tell me a little bit. Well, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's cut back, back here up. for a second. Back up for a second. 
Andrew, I heard along the grapevine, actually probably one of our previous episodes. So if you go back to one of our episodes, you might find out that Andrew did a little stint on, tiny little stint on Second City, which is a comedy club that's based in Chicago and Toronto. Well, to be clear, I spent time studying with them. So they have a course program that teaches you improv. And I met tons of great comics through that i never performed on the main stage i did some stuff local on local stages though but never on second city's main stage which would be it would have been pretty cool at some point but i kind of moved on to other things i wish that i'd stayed and focused on that a little bit more but i needed to eat so i stopped <laughs> well, i think that is actually that is the the basic description of a comedian or an artist really so yeah you you chose you chose to eat and some of these comedians that we'll talk about today actually chose to continue into comedy well exactly if a lot of the comics that i've put on my list all came up about the same time but i guess one guy that i'd like to to point out he's one of the older guys on the circuit but it was the first comic that i saw live and that was ron james Ron James, I, I don't know if I, if I bet you, you if I saw him. I would if you him. saw him, I'm pretty sure that uh, that you know him. And so I wanted to make sure that I gave him a shout out. He's been on the circuit for a long time. He's a, a He's, Newfoundland I was comedian. just about to say, I know him now. I've seen a picture of him. He's yep. a Newfie. He's yes. a Newfie for sure. And <laughs> boy, does he own it. And But his writing is amazing. Like yeah. he had me on the floor. He's that good. And he's done some, some television programs. I think he did like, oh, it was like a funny history program at one point. And that was probably 20 years ago that he did that. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but he's one of the, he is the guy that I first saw live. He was the headliner that night. So I have to give him a shout out for sure. And But the and rest of the guys all pretty much came up together. Yeah, well, we, we always have to get, oh, oh, you know what? He's not a Newfie. He's, he's not, not a Newfie. He's from Nova Scotia. Gla Nova Glace Scotia. Bay in Nova Scotia, which East I mean. Coast. Me, I, okay, I back I, up. I'm sorry. East Coast. He's an I East Coaster. He, he's a That's Maritimer. That's what I should have. He's a Maritimer. Ron, if you, you know, was saying, I'm sorry. And Maritimers, we're sorry. Uh, well, sorry, Nova Scotians, uh, Haligonians. We are very sorry for comparing you to Newfies because I know that I don't think you like that very much. And yeah. no offense to Newfies. I, I, I love everybody in you know Newfoundland. I love everybody. In anyway, Maritimes. yeah, I mean, he's a so. great comic. <laughs> yes. Nonetheless, it doesn't matter where he's from, no. whether he's from the East Coast, the West Coast. He is one of the best that this country has. He, he is a living Canadian legend for sure. Yeah. Uh, what, what has he uh, done? Like you mentioned that uh, he had been in some shows and I'm just trying to remember what I, I, I've seen him in so much stuff and not just yeah, like most of the comic. stuff is, that he does is stand up comic stuff. So yeah. you're going to see him doing the just for last festivals, the Halifax right, right. comedy festival, Winnipeg, all, all of the big comedy festivals uh, across the country. And you know what? What's interesting is most of my list is most of these guys are, well, first off, my list is all Canadian comics and most of the list is stayed here in Canada to really make it and haven't sold out to go down in the U.S. and, and make it in, in their, you know, ginormous market down there. One of the guys, yes, he has, but most of the guys, they've stayed here to make a big and i feel i feel bad because my list does not include any canadians and, and that's okay we can still have a, a long list of absolutely. people that i've pulled absolutely so so you have ron james again classic canadian comedian and i think he, he's probably good that he stays in canada too because his, his humor you, you have to be canadian to to get a lot of his humor but yeah. let's let's I'm going to throw up one of my guys uh, one of my favorite comedians of all time bill burr and oh he's great he, he is so hot right now, like in regards to just being there and he is in the middle of it all. Like, I mean, the, the Twitter cancel culture has tried canceling him so many times, but he just laughs it off. He does. He doesn't care. He just doesn't care. And you know what? It looks, it, it's great. And it, it shows up in his act. Like he pulls no punches. 
he talks about everybody and everything and this is the thing with comedy too right and i always see on family guy family guy makes fun of stand-up comedy to the point where it's like you know they have these things like you know it's it's so relatable oh that's so funny because it's relatable right they always they always mock that and that's a great thing about comedy and that's what i love about a lot of these comedians is that they just they 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 just say relatable stuff they don't even have to be funny they just time it right and if you're just like yes that's relatable and you and you laugh your, your ass <laughs> off and well just bill, well placed in the act well well placed and bill burr is he is one of those guys or he he tells stories and you just die the entire time he's telling the story because you know he changes his voices the the looks on his face and, and you look at him and, he, and he's i mean like most comics i guess you know they're they're, they're funny looking people in, in a way but he he's just got the look to him that you just every time he he self deprecates himself it's it's hilarious and you, and it's believable <laughs> I mean, he, he's, he's our, he's our ginger, ginger from Boston, uh, Massachusetts. And he, he, he loves sports and he loves getting right in the middle of it. And he's got no problem. He, he talks about culture. You know, he, he's married, his, his wife is black and he's got no problem talking about his black friends. And, but the thing is that he does it in such a way is that like, I've watched many reaction videos just to see how, how his act goes over with, with people you know obviously that he's talking about and uh, like they love him like he he's loved by by everybody that he, he makes fun of because he's so funny and and his story like his comedy is just telling real stories nice so another big sports guy that i have on my list is Dave Hampstead. He has played the Halifax Comedy Festival. He's played Winnipeg just for laughs. And he has recently just put out as part of the CBC Sports is it's called Off the Hoozel and it's the golf's newest comedy. And I, I've only seen him live once. It was probably about, gosh, two, two and a half years ago. And he really wasn't on my radar. But he, I knew of him and I knew about him from a buddy of mine and he came to Kitchener and was at playing at the odd or not the odd, sorry, center in the square. I apologize. Center in the square. And he put on a fantastic show. I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to chat with him a little bit after the show. And it, you know what? He's, he's another buddy of who later on the list I've got, I actually have a close friend who, who I've put on my list and he's, he's tight with this friend. And that's how I actually had the opportunity to go backstage and, and hang out with him. But he's a self-proclaimed jock. And uh, I was watching some stuff from him recently that he's kind of like he, that he's talking about, he's playing for a softball, a company softball team. And the fact that he's saying, well, you know, like I, I had to catch the ball. I, we're, we're down five runs and everybody's kind of like, Oh, we're, we're not keeping score. And that's the last time that he played uh, just softball with, uh, with the office. Cause he, he just couldn't take something that wasn't actually keeping the score, but he's, uh, he's got a lot of funny sports humor. I love it. It sounds pretty awesome. I don't think I've recognized him or I've seen him. I yeah. may have, I've, I've watched so much comedy, so many specials and stuff like that. I probably have seen him, but he doesn't stand out to me. Yeah. He, he really, he's one of those guys who's been around for an awful long time, but I would just say now, you know, he's just really coming into himself and they're going to call him an overnight success, but has, you know, been working consistently doing stand up for the last 20 years, 20, 25 years. But, and, and it's finally, you know, it, it's finally time that he's, that he's got his due. So I don't, I don't know about you. I'm just going to kick it back a little bit here. But I was kind of raised on comedians. Uh, I, I would sit in front of uh, the record player and I would put up um, some. My father had all kinds of albums from Cheech and Chong and uh, um, George, George, um, George Carlin. George Carlin. Yeah, sorry. Uh, George Carlin or Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor was the filthiest. <laughs> the filthiest human being on this earth oh yeah uh, but i love some like, great videos of him yeah i i had oh yeah i i actually bought like vhs's and i don't know how they let me buy it but i had bought a bunch of richard prior vhs's at like the local byway or the local bargain heralds it just happened to have them sitting in the bin and i'm like richard prior and i'm talking i'm like i'm like 12 years old with like my my 13 allowance 
and <laughs> I'm picking up a Richard Pryor VHS, right? So I, I, I come from- He didn't my, question it. And they, they didn't question it. Um, half the people didn't even know who he was. I would guess, Well, I was going to say, but yeah, uh, he is one of the filthiest guys out there. <laughs> So speaking of filthy, coming out of probably he's super hot. He's been around for a very long time and you're going to know him because he's so famous. Dave Chappelle, that guy is so funny and so legitimate. Dude has taken me down endless wormholes of video after video after a video in the middle of the night. But I can't stop watching. I need sleep. It's 3 a.m. I got to go to work the next morning, but I just keep watching because he's that <laughs> hilarious. He is hilarious. And he's another one. This is like, again, you'll, you'll see the uh, you'll see the the trend in, in my picks, but he he says it like it is. And then he also has he has the perspective of being a black man, uh, uh, being a, an affluent black man, even though he's not really he doesn't come across as affluent by any means or he's become affluent just because of his comedy. Yeah. And it is brilliant, brilliant stuff that he puts out every time he gets on the stage. And his latest, I believe, is 2019. His uh, Netflix special was just spot on. I, well, my gut was hurting so bad by the time I finished watching that. And yeah, yeah. I can only imagine. And he just, yeah. And I, I honestly think that, like, because he he had some issues in the past uh, with, with drugs and alcohol, I believe. And I think he actually is better for it in a way. I mean, obviously you don't want to, you know, condone that kind of behavior, but he's, he's come out on the other end of that and has just become so much bigger and better, you know? Yeah. I don't want to say that every comic uh, goes down that, that road, but people are definitely exposed to it. That's for sure. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Especially. And I know that it's, it's a big issue in comedy. Definitely. I, I understand that cocaine is a big issue and a lot of that stuff. And you know what, all you have to do is watch one of those uh, celebrity roasts on the comedy network to, uh, to know just how much drug, go, how many drugs go on behind the scenes. Yeah. Or how I much know, drug exactly. use goes on behind the scenes. So I, I see some other familiar names. I actually see the rest of your list is very familiar to me. So throw up your yeah. next guy. So I've put Shama Junder on the list. He is, was huge on the stand-up scene forever. And then he's transitioned over to this hour has 22 minutes. He was a mainstay with them for, I'm going to say almost 20 years. And I think maybe it's only been recently that he's left the show, whether it's a hiatus, but I, I haven't caught anything with him on it recently, but this hour has 22 minutes is gotta be probably the biggest political comedy show this side of the border for the last 30 years. It is a stellar show and has produced stellar people. That's for sure. And to be able to be, to call yourself a cast member of this hour has 22 minutes, man, that's incredible. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, it sounds like they had a bit of a creative difference with him. Oh, um, did they? <laughs> yeah. So that's that's kind of why they went their separate direction. But uh, I mean, look, he, he he won a Gemini Award for his work in the series. So, I mean, that's pretty huge. Yeah. I mean, and look, he, he's, a, he's a staple. He's a face. Everybody knows him for sure. Uh, he's been in so many Canadian productions. It's crazy. Like he's he's great and he's hilarious. So hilarious. And yeah, yeah. this hour, this hour is 22 minutes. Uh, and the, what was it, the Royal Canadian Air Force? Oh, yeah. Probably, probably some of the best, I guess, comedy, political. Royal Canadian Air Force wasn't really political, but it was sketch comedy type thing. Yep. And yeah, this hour is 22 minutes. And I'm pretty, I, I can almost guarantee that he probably showed up on Royal, Royal Canadian Air Force at some point as well. Yeah. So love him. My next comic is a good buddy of mine, Steve Patterson. He is the host of CBC's The Debaters. And it's actually some of his best work. He's known as a host for so many things, but his best work I find is when he's doing stand up on stage. He's got one act that I'll never forget. It's a great bit about if President Obama was Irish. And it's probably about 10 years old now. And he probably doesn't even remember the joke anymore. And that's partially to do with the age of the joke. But 
mostly due to the Guinea consumption, which is the plural of Guinness, of course, <laughs> while while touring Ireland. But it like at the end of that set, that particular set, who is he opening up for? Oh, shoot. Who are some of our icon? Who was in uh, Trains, Planes, and Automobiles? Uh, John Candy. Steve John Candy. Martin. And Steve Martin. So he was opening up for Steve Martin for that show. And Steve Martin comes out and says, if I knew that he was that funny, I would have canceled him. <laughs> Just he, he didn't want to be upstage. Yeah, didn't want to be upstage. Steve Patterson has recently re uh, released a new book, Dad's Up. It isn't all comedy, which you might think first off, but he talks about his life of raising two young girls. And it's actually a great book for any young dad out there. I wish they had this book 17 years ago before I had my son, because it's so relatable. It's not dry, but it it really opens up, up your eyes to all of the stresses that becoming a parent comes along with. So definitely if, if you're a new dad, you know, a new dad, pick dads up for, uh, for them. He will not regret receiving that. That's for sure. Yeah. If, if this is your buddy, Andrew, I just got to yeah. ask you, I got to ask you, why haven't you got him to get you a publishing deal? I know. I know. He, he doesn't like me that much. <laughs> <laughs> I well, call him a buddy. That. He it's one. Yeah. It, it's one of those superhero villain relationships. <laughs> are you being, are you being genuine or are you just being a jackass? I'm being a jackass. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. No, no, we got along <laughs> great. Okay. That's good. I was going to say, like, cause you know, you know what? If, I, if that were the, if that were the truth, Andrew, I wouldn't like you very much either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what? You are going to hear about him. And I, I know that, that you know about this that's happening, but I also, I also co-host another podcast that I'm about to release backstage lowdown backstage lowdown and steve patterson is one of our guests on the show that he, is fantastic yeah yeah he really did me a solid he stepped up big time and i got his his hours worth of time out of him so that uh that podcast is going to be dropping Oh gosh, any like within the week because we're we're dro dropping uh, three episodes right at the very beginning so people can kind of get a feel of what we're doing over there. But right now the final episode of that three is just being gone through by my co-host, but it is completely edited and ready to go. So so keep your so, ears peeled for backstage lowdown. So, so I get what you're saying is that I need to crack out these next three episodes before that, so that we can get the drop on that news. And you uh, say that you heard it here first, folks. Uh, Steve exactly. It's <laughs> going to be on Andrew's other podcast called the backstage lowdown, which I designed the logo for if anybody's interested. And, and it's super cool. And I, I think so too. Well, yeah. You know, I appreciate that. I think so as well. There you, go. you guys can comment <laughs> once you see it. Yes. But yeah. Oh, so I better get cracking these over and then uh, I can get that and make that announcement. That's cool. That is super cool. And I'm very excited and happy for you that you've been able to uh, pull that one out of your sphincter. Yes, exactly. So you got a couple other people on your list. Who else, so, who else you got? So Maybe let's I, hit them quick. I, I'm like, yeah, we're, we're running short on time here. So I'm going to crack this one out, but I, I like the, I like the guys here just hard hitting, take no, no, take guff. no guff, no guff. And <laughs> Anthony Jesselnick. Oh my goodness. That guy, he is rotten to the core and he is so funny. Like he, he is so though, though he is so dry about how he delivers, but his timing, he's a, you just know every time that he starts into a story, you know, it's going to end it not end well, but it's going to be end hilarious and everybody's going to be peeing themselves in their seats. So if you, if you get a chance to listen and you probably heard people probably shared TikToks with you or shared like clips or mm -hmm. live stories with you, Anthony Jeselnik. Wow. Just he, he is like, he's like, I would say that he's like Andrew Dice Clay, but I think he's like 10 times better than Andrew Dice Clay and not even anywhere near as vulgar. But the topics that he, he drops in there, just like, wow, how has that guy not been canceled? <laughs> <laughs> so, man, that's crazy. So I've got, I've got two other people on my list. I've got Brett Butt from Corner Gas, who plays this rural gas station owner and just a really basic down to earth guy. But when you watch his stand up comedy, 
it is crazy. It's very well written and just has has me peeing myself. <laughs> and but like he he is really good. And there is clearly a reason that he ended up doing that show. But the interesting thing is, is that he he never wanted to do acting. He just wanted to be a stand up comic. He, he is another Canadian legend. Completely. And, uh, and to be fair, if, you, if your last name is Butt, you're probably going to be a stand up comedian. I would think so. And but, the uh, last guy on my list who is not only big here in Canada, but around the world, Russell Peters. Russell that, Peters is so yeah. hot and so funny. Yeah, he's and- hilarious. He, man, he works his ethnic uh, background like nobody's business it's hilarious that he goes when he talks about his dad which he does a ton he always does it in an indian accent and his his dad actually has a british accent (laughs) (laughs) that's that's hilarious i I tell you you know that i I watch a few indian comedians uh, like russell peters uh and actually a couple influencers and they always poke fun at their own culture and they always put it, somebody's always playing an accent somewhere, you yeah. know, whether, whether it's Superwoman, the influencer, uh, Lily Singh, she always plays these characters in her kits and all that stuff. And it's usually her, her parents and she's got the accent going. It's hilarious stuff. And Russell Peters. Yeah. Ah, uh, man. Like I didn't watch that guy for world days. class, <laughs> world, world class, world class. Oh, completely. So if, if, if you haven't seen Russell Peters, you probably, you probably have. I mean, you You've know probably been hiding in a hole if you haven't seen yeah, exactly. it, quite honestly, so, because the uh, guy is everywhere. Yeah. I, I'm going to slip in my last comedian here that you're trying to push out here, but his name is Kayvon. And apparently that is his actual real name. And he actually talks about it and makes jokes about it in his show. He's half Persian, but he oh. looks, he looks very white. Like he, he, he looks like a typical white dude. You know, I thought he was just Kevin who wanted to make it sound cool. Well, you know what? Maybe, maybe he does. I mean, you know, these guys sometimes, but he's, he, that's part of his act. Uh, he's very, the, he's become very popular on YouTube for being the very politic politicized. He's very, very right wing, but he's, he's not, he's not like, what do you like? He's not, he's not like a, a Trumper to that point. It's just that he likes to call out things that he sees and be very truthful about it. And he, yeah, he's just so funny, but he, he, he actually plays that in his, into his, his standup as well. And he was talking about how comedy is under attack and how they, uh, they're trying to cancel everybody. And he's always trying to, you know, they're always trying to cancel him, but he was talking about this one time that he had a, uh, one of the guests at his, at his show was a blind man sitting in the front. And he was, he was just ragging on the blind man and the blind man was laughing. And it was just, it was a good, one of those good comedy shows where everybody's kind of pushing back at each other. And so it, it, he's going on and saying, yeah, everything was good. And I made some like really nasty jokes, but he was a great sport about it and all that stuff. And, and then some lady from the top of the, uh, from up in the, the rafters yells down about me about how that offends her that I was making fun of the blind man to his face. You know, so there was a couple of jarbs, uh, barbs back and forth. And he, when he turns to the blind man, he says, do you know this? lady and the blind man says i've never seen her before in my life <laughs> and i mean that is uh, that guy comedy. needs to be on stage <laughs> that guy needs to be on stage and you know what if we, you know why not i mean i've seen lots of great special needs or i'm not sure the the proper term for people challenged people i've seen so many great challenged people up on the stage so many great diverse people up on the stage comedy knows no boundaries and yeah. should never ever ever be canceled if comedy if, if people canceled comedy back when we first started watching it there wouldn't be richard Pryor. there would not be eddie murphy could you imagine could you imagine eddie oh. murphy and his <laughs> jokes these days but no. i mean i just no, watched. no clip. no <laughs> I just watched a clip a clip from, uh, I can't remember if it was Delirious or Raw, one of his great, great stand-up comedy shows. And he was talking to a couple of kids that happened to be in his his audience. And it was just like, he totally, like he was, he was swearing at them and everything. And these are like, you know, 15 year old kids. But oh, Eddie Murphy, one of the greatest stand-up comedians of all time, not to take away from what we were talking about today, but comedy is golden. Comedy is needed and you know what? Just let people have fun, give people a break. Yeah. So having said that, why don't you go out and watch some comedy? Maybe write some comedy. Yeah. Try your hand at it. Yeah. Take Do positive comedy instead of negative comedy like Twitter. Twitter is just negative comedy. Yeah. It's not even comedy. 
Oh gosh, I think that's been another episode of How to Survive the Modern World or Gen X isn't just a fashion statement. Presented, of course, by Tribe74.com. And guys, hey, we have a Patreon. If you want to check us out and help us make some money and continue to bring you great shows, then you need to come and check us out as How to Survive the Modern World or Gen X isn't just a fashion statement right there on Patreon.com. And you can support us, get great exclusive Patreon-only merch and great videos and chat and, you know, be part of our process. That's what we want. So please come on by. And hey, we're always looking for sponsors as well. So you guys want to get your word out, your message out so that I don't have to promote my own company all the time or we don't have to... (laughs) Because we're tired of hearing about it. Oh, we're we're ter- tired of hearing about my friggin' store. So come on, guys. Come on, check it out. I mean, we we, we, we got some momentum. We got 21 episodes. We're here to stay. Oh, and exactly. And if I could just it. ask you to please share the show with a friend that you think that you didn't, that would enjoy this. Yeah. We would love to hear from you, see you, and just perform for you forever. So come on out. Check us out. Tell everybody about us. Yeah. And Have I a good night, just- Andrew. Thanks for listening. Have a good night, Rob. Cheers. Bye for now.